often vulgar, always explicit, and sometimes funny. Slap box. Slap box. Welcome to the Slapbox Podcast. This is episode 563. I am your host, Josh Albrecht, recording once again inside the Slapbox penthouse. As I'm trying to get my settings dialed in that I haven't had to change in, I don't know, a couple of years. But because the cat has uh, taken it upon himself to... Uh, uh, lay on the soundboard a lot lately, as uh, he likes to do it while I'm playing Call of Duty. <laughs> and he, you know, uh, fucks with the knobs and shit when he lays on it and uh, hits buttons. I gotta all, now every time I go to use it, I gotta. Uh, that's right, uh, Agent Fox Mulder here, my trusty sidekick, likes to like press buttons and shit on the soundboard, and uh, <laughs> probably got his hair all inside the soundboard, which isn't good. Means eventually I have to fucking replace it. I would imagine it won't do good for the uh, for the life of the thing. This could uh, spell spell trouble. He just he just ate. Although he's he's already meowing. Uh, hopefully he's he's gonna calm down. He's probably gonna jump up here and then jump on the computer and shit. <laughs> yeah, there he is. What's up, buddy? You good? You good? Did you have a good meal? It was so so. Yeah, he's. If I let him up here, maybe he'll chill out. And, uh, <laughs> or I'll have to, you know, put him out of the room. I'll have to put him out. <laughs> uh, which isn't that hard. He's, it's hard for him to get away since he's only got the three legs and all. Uh, hold, oh, oh, here we go, kitty. Come here. Come here, kitty. Come here. Now. Oh, there it is. He's, ow, he's calling me. Uh, I trim the front claws, but the back ones, I don't usually trim. And he got me with the back ones. <laughs> he doesn't like, he'll let me uh, trim the front one. But uh, the back ones, he he's very, uh, he, he's he's not fond of letting me do that. So, as he he's trying to bite me. He's trying to bite me. He's getting real vocal. As uh, Usually after he eats, he's chill. But uh, apparently not the case today. As uh <laughs> This is starting really well. You know, I just, I figured if I started right when he was fed, then I would be safe. And uh, I thought wrong. I thought wrong. Maybe it's, he's got more energy at the moment. I'm not sure. Whatever the case, <laughs> I got to at least get the keyboard for the computer that's recording the shit. <laughs> in position to where he's not laying on that at least. So there's, there could be some technical difficulties as he's uh, getting near the keyboard here. And uh, don't don't rub up against the mic, please. That's uh, that's not good audio. <laughs> if he would just lay down, which normally, like when I've been playing video games the last couple of weeks, like he's he'll lay down and he'll get on top of the desk, but he'll block the screen a little bit. It's a little difficult to see everything because he's fucking laying uh, next to the monitor. Sometimes he'll he'll stand up in front of the monitor. And, uh, oh, he's looking at my shorts. I still got some, uh, tuna on my shorts that he got on there yesterday from the, the treat. He's, <laughs> that feels awkward. Thankfully it's not on my, my balls or anything. It's just on the leg. And so it, uh, like if, if it was on the balls, I'd be like, you got to stop, man. This isn't, uh, 
We're not uh, doing bestiality here. Uh, anyway, <laughs> I really didn't expect him to be so motivated. I tried to play with him earlier, calm him down a little bit, but uh, he's been uh, he's been more excited lately. I did change up his food uh, a little bit. Maybe I did it already last week, but uh, mentioned it. But I I had the problems with him like overeating and everything and thought, you know, well, maybe if I do smaller portions and more times a day and then, you know, would give him <clears throat> so he wouldn't flip out in between meals so damn much. And cause I was just feeding him twice a day and, uh, in the morning and in the afternoon, like, uh, I don't want to feed him too late at night other than like maybe a treat or something. Cause I don't, you know, I know cats are nocturnal, but I figure <laughs> If he hasn't had food in a while, he'll be tired, you know? So, uh, ideally, he'll be tired when I'm tired. Which, I mean, I'm tired all the time. But uh, <laughs> that's neither here nor there. Um, As, uh, yeah, I switched it up to where now there's three meals. I took a little portions. Because the way my uh, automatic cat feeder works... Uh, let's see. The, uh, the fuck is that called? Uh Catit Pixie, <laughs> I believe is the brand. At least that's the name of the app. The actual one I have is the Pixie Smart Feeder, and uh, yeah, it, it goes by portions on there. You set it up for portions, and like I could have it dispense food right now, which I don't want to do that. Exit out of that. Um, <clears throat> don't want to overfeed the the guy anyway. It goes by portions, and you have to... The portions aren't, like... It's not like it goes by a portion of a cup or anything like that. It's just whatever a portion is by that. There's no estimate it gives you. What you have to do is, um, like, measure out the amount of food that you want to feed them. And then uh, <laughs> compare it to, <laughs> like, the portions. You end up uh, setting up the cat feeder and then, like, uh, hit out a portion until it matches the amount that you actually want to feed them like so and uh i i do six portions i was doing six portions per meal twice a day which what was that uh is about a quarter of a cup and uh so i i switched that to Two meals at five portions, and then uh, in the middle of the day at like eleven thirty, I uh, I give him a, a smaller meal of uh, two portions, so he's you know gets that little 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 snack midday. As clearly he uh, just feeding him twice a day isn't working out because he's still sticking his leg up inside the feeder trying to get out that extra food. And, uh, you know, he's missing that one front leg. You, I don't want him losing the other front leg because I don't know what you do then. <laughs> if he's only got two legs, I mean, what am I going to have to do? Like get a backpack for him and just carry him everywhere? <laughs> get a, uh, now I got to look up. I got to wonder, what a cat with two legs? Uh, cat with two faces? No, those are freaky. I've seen pictures of that that's gonna freak me out oh man that's just sad now i'm seeing all these pictures of cat with two legs uh well they, apparently they can still get around there's a video of one here uh 
hopping like a like a bunny. I guess I'll check that out. Oh man, this is gonna I'm gonna end up wanting to fucking like adopt this thing or something. As uh Well it's kinda got more legs than that. It's got nubs up front. Oh man, see you see Fox is completely missing the one leg. He doesn't have like little nubs. That's just that's gonna bring me down, damn it! I'm gonna I'm gonna end up adopting another cat or something watching this shit, and I I don't need that. I don't need that. Uh, as uh, let's see here. I want to know. Oh, there's compilations. Jesus, man, there's a lot of them. Here's a fucking Instagram of cat with no, oh, yeah, that's that's fucking that sucks. Although it looks like they're still mobile. I mean, I don't want him to lose the leg. I'm not, I'm not promoting him lose the leg. I'm just, like, curious, man. I have stairs here. I don't think he'd do well. We spend a lot of the time upstairs, being the cat and myself. Uh, and would it, I've seen videos of dogs walking on two legs. And they end up, like, walking like people, which is kind of crazy. Um, Do-do-do. AI bot. I don't want to hear what AI has to say about it. I want to see what actual cats. Oh, you fuckers. Uh, that's freaking me out. Um, <laughs> this is pretty much true. Uh, there's a related question to talking about the two-legged cats. Why do cats walk around your legs? Cats regard people as warm-blooded furniture. Apparently a quote from Jacqueline Mitchard. Mitchard? Uh, says, don't flatter yourselves when we sit on you. I think that's pretty accurate. I feel like I've become Fox's furniture. And, you know, source of food. There's that. As, uh... Man. <laughs> uh, that wouldn't be good, though, man. As apparently there's a lot of people can't cats walk on two legs. That's just that seems oh there's one it seems best if they're going to have two legs to have the two back legs cuz that's again where all the cat's strength comes for like jumping and all that. So the hind legs really seem like the important ones, the front ones, man, that would be a real pain in the ass cuz you're just like dragging yourself a bit, you know. It's like basically their arms uh, this is a pictures of cats.org says, yes, cats can walk on two legs, but the quality of their walking, uh, must depend on which legs have been lost. Like I just said, okay. On this page, there's a video of a cat walking on two hind legs. Notably, the question refers to two legs, but which two, this is an important factor to take into account. That said, based on observation, any combination of two remaining legs can be dealt with successfully to varying degrees by a domestic cat. I have seen a cat walking on two legs, this being the person writing this article, uh, two four legs, and as mentioned, two hind legs. The hardest is to walk on two side legs. The cat's amazing balance and innate strength makes it work, but the cat's stamina is substantially reduced because of the extra effort demanded. If cats had four legs but human muscles and balance, they couldn't do it in my view. Uh, Sarah Hartwell on her website tells us about a two-legged uh, black Persian cat, Caffrey. 
He lost his uh, left leg in 2003 when he was three years old. He had been run over by a car. His left forepaw was also injured in the accident, but he managed to nonetheless on three legs. And at the end of 2012, his front leg had been had to be amputated because of malignant growth. Oh, man, I hope that <laughs> doesn't happen. Now I'm getting all paranoid. Uh, this left him with two legs, both of which were on his right side. His vet and colleagues thought he would be able to walk and have a very poor quality of life, or be unable to walk. Uh, they should not have been worried because within days after the operation, he had achieved almost perfect balance and learned to trot and run on his remaining two limbs, both on the same side. Quite amazing, but very telling of the domestic cat's athletic abilities. That's fucking insane. We had one hind leg and like one front leg and just was able to to do it, man. Uh, Three-legged cats are not unusual, but two-legged cats are very rare. I suspect that a lot of leg injuries requiring amputation are due to traffic accidents. Uh, Eileen, the uh, cat that uh, the Jackman and Tony ended up with that I uh, named, of course, three-legged cat named <laughs> Eileen. Of course, I came up with that one. Uh, she was uh, hit by a semi. Uh, as a kitten. That's why she uh, lost the one leg and almost lost another. Um, domestic cats are amazingly adaptable. When a leg is lost, the cat has to use their back muscles to keep their body up off the ground. They achieve this by what I describe as informal exercise. They modify their gait, and in doing so, the back muscles are ex- exercised to an extreme level. You can feel the stone-hard muscles in their backs after years of informal exercise. More like hard training. Um... When not walking on two or three legs, these cats rest their bodies on the ground rather than standing, as you see in the video. My three-legged cat, he had lost his right foreleg, uh, would rest his stump on the ground and lean forward when resting during a walk. Also, he'd take up the uh, meerkat position very often. It came naturally to him as his back was so strong. See below. Uh, Man, is his cat the one? Oh, I thought the cat was missing an eye, but he's just like... uh, (laughs) Partially closing the one eye. That's freaking me out. <laughs> freaking me out. So I thought he had another wound. Fuck. Uh, I have a lot of admiration for the strength, tenacity, determination, and acceptance of domestic cats who suffered a traumatic injury to one or more legs. There is nothing more to say as far as I can tell. And that's the end of the article. The, which, uh, that was by Michael Broad. was the uh, author of that article. In fact, anyway, so, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I don't really want him to lose another leg again. Like, you know, be careful sticking your leg inside <laughs> the auto feeder. I don't think it would take off his leg, but you know, seeing it could be, you know, the, the one cat lost its leg due to a malignant tumor. It's like, fuck dude, don't, don't push your luck, man. Don't, <laughs> don't press your luck. Um, and, uh, <laughs> man, that just seems <laughs> Seems like a even though the cats can't adapt, it's like let's not let's 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 not uh, put ourselves in a position where that has to be. You know, let's let's, let's <laughs> I, I I don't know what to say other than that. Um. Anyway, so uh, I've uh, finished. I believe I talked about on the, when I got the PlayStation Five. I got the Final Fantasy Seven Crisis Core Reunion. 
which is the remake of the PSP game Crisis Core, the Final Fantasy VII uh, offshoot, spinoff, whatever you want to say. And uh, I did finally beat that fucker. Um, I could have went through it a lot faster, but I wanted to like level up all the way. I went to le- I went to ninety nine, went to level ninety nine, and I grinded. I had to grind a lot. I unlocked a lot of shit on there. Um, and so I've like uh, I'm moving on to other games on my my PS five. As uh, I just got the this game came out a few years ago, I believe at this point. But there's the uh, Avengers game, which also is by Square Enix, or I guess maybe it's just Square. That uh, <clears throat> it was. Let's see here. What year was that? It came out in 2020. Ah, uh, the the year that everybody remembers so well. <laughs> um. I I had been interested in playing it. Uh, from the looks of it, I thought it seemed like a lot of the uh, X Men games that they used to have. On I know it was on the PlayStation. I feel like it was probably on the uh, several consoles. Um, but there's been you know several X Men games through the years, and I I did they were kind of hit and miss. Sometimes they were fun. Sometimes they were really shit. Uh, that being said. I was like, you know, I'll give it a go. I, I thought, you know, eventually they'd have some deal on the PlayStation Network. Well, they got a big sale going on right now. It was only $7 on the PlayStation Network. So I'm like, fuck yeah, let's let's try out this Avengers game. I can <laughs> I can wait $7. Uh, add another zero to that and like, no. <laughs> I'm not paying that for uh, Avengers. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll waste $7 on it. And uh, I feel like I did waste $7 on it after playing it. I haven't played, you know, through a whole lot. Mainly it was just tutorial. I can say I am not a fan of it so far. What kills me about it is, like, uh, they model the characters clearly after the movies. Like, the the characters in it. And yet, you know, the, obviously, I mean, they couldn't afford to pay... Uh, the actors from the movies to voice these characters. Imagine that would be a fucking fortune to get, you know, Robert Downey Jr. and and whatnot to voice them, which is a shame. That would have been fucking awesome. And they, I would have been able to play through this shitty game <laughs> if it wasn't for that. Like if they were able to, you know, drop a little extra cash and get that uh, happening. But uh, as it is, no. Uh, but like I'm, what I'm getting to, they could have gone like with the old school. I mean, the comics reinvent the characters all the time, the looks and everything. They could have went with complete different look of the Avengers, but they're clearly trying to capitalize off the movie The Avengers, and yet they're not having the same voiceover actors. You know, I feel like they should have just went with complete different look. Which was already already like why I didn't want to get the get like spend real money on it, <laughs> but I was curious to play it. I thought it maybe be a good once through sort of thing. Um, again, I I only played it briefly. It was mainly through some tutorials. Maybe it'll get better at time. 
But uh, I really thought the graphics would be a little bit better too, but the graphics kind of shit. But I mean, it's it's three years old now at this point. Um, I guess it was initially for the PlayStation Four. Uh, but I went for with the high performance graphics, and it's it didn't seem to really matter. And uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, I mean, I feel like I should give it more of it a go, but. I've start, already started downloading. I was like, you know what? I need to play some other games. And my good buddy Tati, uh was chatting with him earlier and uh, about games. He wants to get back into some like horror games, like uh, Friday Thirteenth and uh, Dead by Daylight. Uh, yeah, I believe that's the name of the one. And then uh, I also downloaded. So I downloaded those two again onto my PS Five, and and. I've got uh, <coughs> the uh, the Evil Dead. I almost said Ash versus Evil Dead, but it's the Evil Dead. I'm fucking rocking some Evil Dead now. I haven't played it yet. I was uh, just downloading it, and uh, I'm pretty excited about that one. As uh, this Marvel <laughs> Avengers, bah bah. As I <laughs> thought that shit was pretty terrible. Uh, but I, I wasn't expecting a lot for it and I don't feel too bad about wasting $7, but I've heard good things about the evil dead one, which, uh, came out last April, if I'm not mistaken or no, maybe it was, no, it's been out longer than that. The, the, uh, last April, what came out is, uh, the movie, uh, see the game. (laughs) Survival horror. Uh, when did that come out, you motherfucker? I don't remember. Twenty twenty two. So it came out last year. So it's been out a minute. Uh, <clears throat> not not as long as the Avengers game, but unfortunately, I did have to spend like thirty dollars on this one. So I'm gonna feel a little bit more upset if this one. Uh, if this one doesn't uh, isn't isn't very well. It's not rated real high. Like on Steam here, it's like rated like three and a half stars. Um, Google users, 93% liked the video game. That's that's a high it's a high thing here. Let's see here what the kind of reviews. The audience reviews. There's how do I look at more? Here we go. Here we go. Uh, which most of them on Google, yeah, is four point one stars out of five. That's solid. That's pretty solid. Um, majority of people giving it five stars. Uh, see here. Decon Frost says, long since have I lied in wake of this highly anticipated evil to grace my console and PC. And I must say it was well worth the wait. Evil dead. The game does such justice to the entire franchise that I pray they keep this going for a hundred more years. Though that isn't to say that the game isn't without its faults. Firstly, I love how this game gives you a Dead by Daylight kind of feel when it comes to a symmetrical gameplay, but not entirely in asymmetrical titles such as Dead by Daylight and Friday the 13th. 13th? I can't speak. Uh, There's only one enemy combatant versus a team of survivors who must do all they can to stay alive and defeat their opponent. 
Though that isn't the case with the Evil Dead, the game. In this title, a team made of three enemy entities, either player or AI, battles against a team of four survivors who are trying to accomplish a list of goals to defeat the greatest evil known to mankind. The gameplay mechanics are so versatile that playing as either a survivor or the Evil Dead becomes a new experience each time you play. Ooh, and it just downloaded <laughs> on my PlayStation as I was speaking. Nice. Uh, but yeah, this guy can, man, Deacon, he's going into great detail. He obviously loves it. <laughs> Uh, there are some run. Let's read a one-star review here. Let's uh, find a not so long <laughs> review. Old boy, a year ago, rated it one star. Uh, I enjoyed World War Z from Saber because the gameplay is awesome with AI. I don't play multiplayer or co-op at all. Am exclusively single player and offline if I can get it. No fucking wonder he's a one star. I get that. Okay, look, I'm down for the multiplayer. I'm not going to bother reading the rest of that, but it's kind of long. Let's go here. This one. Okay, this one's not so bad. It's it's a much short, shorter review. Jake Wisnowski says, uh, As a huge fan of the Evil Dead trilogy, I feel incredibly let down. I played a match as Survivor and as the Deadite. It's boringly easy to win as a Survivor. You run around killing weak bots for 20 minutes until you win. The combat doesn't feel all that involved or challenging because the deadites don't put up a fight. There's no sense of fear or imminent danger. Playing as the deadite feels boring and detached. You fly around jankily getting bots to fight the survivors. Maybe I'm just a noob, but even after the tutorial, I don't feel I have a full grasp of what I'm meant to do. So I spend most of my time flying around bored. Either way, I didn't feel involved, nor was I having fun. I have already filed for a refund. Oh, save your money, guys. As uh, Yeah, that's one of the few one stars. As, uh, most of these, I mean, five stars. Five stars. But, uh, I mean, I'll give it a, I'm going to give it a go. Uh, I wish I wouldn't have read the one-star reviews, because now I'm like, oh, man, I hope <laughs> Uh, I'm pretty broke these days. I can't be like wasting like thirty dollars, seven dollars again. I can, I can give that. Around. Uh, this guitar habit I have has been really uh, hurting the bank account. So, uh, spending more money on video games is, is hard to do. <laughs> As uh, speaking of guitar habit, damn you, Dave Grohl. <laughs> As of course the Foo Fighters are putting out a new album now. Um, here we are, I believe is the name of the, the new one. Uh, they, uh, of course, they have the, uh, oh, it's a, I was going to say, there's a Gibson 335 for $385. I'm like, that can't be right. It's just the case. That makes sense. Anyway. Um, Dave Grohl. Of course, there was a photo by, I think it was Nam. Is that who did it? There was a... Let's see here. Do, do, do. On... It was on Instagram here. Uh, This is an article here on uh, musicradar.com. It says, Is Dave Grohl's new Epiphone DG335 gold? Because, of course, I mentioned uh, weeks back 
that uh, Gibson CEO Cesar um, basically said they're going to be putting out new uh, DG335 guitars. That uh, fuck, I guess I'm going to have to fucking buy one now. <laughs> I got to find a way to come up with that money because I love that guitar. Anyway, um, <clears throat> damn it, Gibson. Uh, but uh, and and you grow Grolster. Um. So let's see here. But 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 last Friday, a photograph of the Foo Fighters in their rehearsal studio ahead of confirmed uh, the rumors that Dave Grohl did have an Epiphone DG three thirty five signature guitar incoming. This pick by Danny Clinch accompanied the N oh not Nam it's uh, NME's uh, review of But Here We Are was shared on Instagram and it gave us all a good look at it and. Uh, they by <laughs> colorizing it, they believe it to be um, gold. Which, um, damn it, I don't see myself getting the the gold one. I, I'd want uh, Pell and Blue, no, but also, you know, I'd want uh, if I was gonna get it. I mean, I'd want to go Gibson. Now that I've had Gibson and I've got that. Epiphone Riviera, which, like, it's a good guitar, but uh, I feel like <laughs> maybe I didn't need to get that one. Um, but I want the quality of the Gibson. I want the American made. I want that, not the the cheaper uh, Epiphone knockoff. And also, fucking Epiphones is becoming more and more expensive. They just put out the Dave Mustaine. Uh, fucking flying V's for like 1500 bucks for a flying V. There's really not much to a flying V that's fucking expensive. I would expect that for like a cheaper Gibson, you know, but this is Chinese made. I believe. Yeah. Epiphone. Unless they've, you know, changed that up. I, from what I understand, they are using more quality parts at least with the Epiphone stuff, but the Lord, man, the whole point of buying Epiphone is that they're supposed to be affordable. <laughs> that, that's that been the big sell for uh, Epiphone forever, except for if you're going to get the made-in-USA Epiphones, which I don't think the Mustaine are. Um, and, uh, yeah, there's... Uh, I, I Even if the uh, DG335, they release that Epiphone, I would imagine it's going to be over a grand. And there's a lot to that guitar. I would imagine it would at least be 1500 the way they're like up in their prices on everything. It's going to be pricey even for that. And I've, man, if they had like more of a, a standard, like a, you know, Les Paul's got the standard, which is like the, the, not the cheapest version of a Les Paul. Like uh, it's not like a studio or what have you, but uh, it's like the standard is in the $3,000 range as of right now. <clears throat> um, if it's not a signature Les Paul and it's just a standard, I, you can get a slightly less, I think, at the moment than three grand, brand new. Um, of course, the Adam Jones is Les Paul standard. I think they've raised it up to like 3200 a little bit, uh, and like the slash is right around that too. And then, uh, but if they have that kind of a range, 
and I managed to get that <laughs> my Adam Jones paid off by the time this Dave Grohl thing releases. If they have a Gibson model of that, I might just have to fucking get it. As I, I could, just there's something about uh, having that nitro finish, and uh, I don't know, man. Playing that Adam Jones Les Paul is not like playing anything else that I own, and I have other guitars I really enjoy, you know, like uh, my Fender uh, Tom Morello Strat. That thing's I enjoy that. I I do enjoy like the the Epiphone that I really enjoy playing still. Uh, other than the uh, Riviera that I've got that just fairly recently got, which I feel like I need to do a setup on that and uh, <clears throat> maybe change to a different set of strings. And uh, anywho, I really love my Epiphone Dove Pro still. That thing's fantastic. It is the, the favorite, my favorite acoustic guitar I've ever owned, which. I've only owned like three, so and the first one was like a fifty dollar thing out of a mail-in catalog from like twenty plus years ago. Well, shit, yeah, it was more than twenty years ago because I was fifteen when I got it. <laughs> Had my first job, and I paid maybe fifty dollars for it back then. It was hard for me to you know make fifty dollars. I only worked a couple of days out of the week, washing dishes. Uh. And uh, it was, yeah, I believe I had my first job when I did that. Um, but that being said, man, it was, uh, that first one was a piece of shit. Although I, I kind of wish I still had it. <laughs> I, I wanted to set it on fire um, and, like, destroy it, but it, I, it didn't end up happening. It got left at my uh, ex-girlfriend's house when I moved out. <laughs> and uh, I, I don't know what ever happened to that guitar. It's uh probably ended up at the end of <laughs> bottom of a burn pile. I always wanted to destroy guitar. <laughs> I was like, this is gonna be the one to destroy. And uh it would be interesting to go back and play that one now and compare it to my other guitars and now that I know so much more about guitars and really judge the quality of it. Like see if like it was really as shitty as I remember. <laughs> um and uh, but yeah, the other acoustic I have is that tw- Alvarez twelve string, which I like the guitar. But I mean, I, it's you know I play certain things on a twelve string. You know, if I want to play usually. I'm gonna pick up the six string. Not to mention the uh, twelve string's got the cracked bridge. Like the bridge is like coming apart. I need to get that replaced or buy a different one. Because <sighs> um, I can't really change the strings and everything with the wood splitting on the bridge. It'll just get worse. <clears throat> Although maybe I could just stick some wood filler in there and stuff. I don't know. <laughs> As uh, uh, what I I do have, I did put an order in with uh, Sweetwater. Almost said Sweet Tooth, <laughs> like the show. <laughs> Not Sweet Tooth, but Sweetwater. Uh, I have an order for uh, let's get there. I ordered some nut sauce. That's what I ordered. Um, <laughs> because I've had uh, tuning issues on uh, on both my uh, Gibson Les Paul, which is, you know, not cool. Not cool to spend that kind of money and have tuning issues. The G and the B strings both uh, do not stay in tune. I got to, like, tune it every day. And then... Uh, 
it hits a certain point and it slips and then uh, when you're tuning it and then you really got to fuck with it for a while before you can really get it to stay in tune on the Gibson. And then the Riviera, man, it's really fucking annoying. I don't know. It's it's hard to keep that fucker in tune. But I know a lot of people have uh, sworn by the nut sauce. They like to put the nut sauce all over their nut. And they swear it helps to keep it in tune. So this particular brand, I think there's only one brand that I'm aware of at least. This one's Big Ben's Nut Sauce. <laughs> Instrument tuning lubricant. Uh, keep away from children. It's got that on the label too. And it comes in like a syringe. <laughs> Looks like you're doing drugs. Because all your nut sauce has to come in a syringe. I mean, that's the proper way to do your nut sauce. And... uh <laughs> anyway, this is what they say about it on uh, Sweetwater. Tired of breaking strings, tuning problems, nut sauce is the answer. Applied to pivot points, bridge saddles, nut slots, string guides, and any other contact point. Nut sauce prolongs string life by helping to prevent string breakage due to friction. If you're a dive bombing fanatic, I am not, or even if you're not, <laughs> you'll notice improv- improved tuning stability when you treat your nut. With nut sauce. Say goodbye to broken strings and tuning instability. Add nut sauce to your guitar maintenance regimen and see what you've been missing. <laughs> nut sauce. Oh, treat your nut with nut sauce. Nut sauce. Oh, I just like saying that. Treat your nut with nut sauce. That's good stuff. I mean, I've a lot of people really swear by it. You put that in there, and I'm hoping that does the trick. Because otherwise, if I really want to fix the tuning problem, uh, like there's, I mean, there's things I could do. I could try to replace the nut, which seems like a pain in the ass. On on the Les Paul, and uh, it, uh, you know, there's various different nuts. And I don't know that that's really going to be the end-all, be-all. I mean, I could try filing out the nut a little bit where I'm having issues. Try to put different angles on the nut. Angle your nut differently, you know? There's... And I would probably end up wanting to just pay somebody to do it. Take it to my local uh, shop, the River City Music, and then have them replace the nut. I don't really feel, especially on the Gibson, I don't feel... I want to be playing around with that. I got the old Epiphone Les Paul that does actually need a new nut because I busted part. I busted that nut off <laughs> when I was upgrading the strings. I wasn't thinking straight. I knew that the strings were bigger and that it would probably need a bigger hole for my <laughs> a bigger hole in my nut <laughs> to squeeze in that uh, low E string. Um, but I wasn't thinking, and I just tightened it down, even though there wasn't a big enough hole in the nut. And it busted the nut. Man, it busted the nut. And uh, it's still, like, holding barely on there. So, like, I'm a, if I change the strings on that fucker, I know it's not going to last, which is kind of an issue, you know. Um, that being said, <laughs> busting the nut. Uh, yeah, I'm juvenile. Anyway, uh, I wish I would have, you know, just filed it down a little bit beforehand and uh i didn't do that and that's what made me end up taking the gibson in <laughs> when i bought it to uh put the uh 
skinny top, heavy bottom strings on there because it was thicker strings than were uh, shipped with it. So obviously the uh, nut wouldn't be ready to uh, hold that and was going to bust that nut if I didn't, you know, be careful. I didn't want to bust the nut on my uh, Gibson. So, uh, yeah, I had uh, River City do it. And I, you know, the, there was tuning issues. The tuning issues didn't arise from doing the setup or anything. There was tuning issues beforehand. It appeared. I don't think uh, it had anything to do with their setup. Um, but uh, it definitely has, has persisted. I'm hoping just putting that nut sauce on there. And it's like $13 for a tube of that. And from what I understand, the tube will last for fucking ever. So hoping that works out. Just, you know, lubing up the nut. I'm going to lube my nuts so much. The G and the B string there. It's just, just going to be just slather it on. It's just going to be like a big load <laughs> on the nut when I put it on there. Big, warm, hot load. Uh, I think it's a graphite nut, on, if I'm not mistaken, on the Gibson. I could be wrong on that. I'm not sure what... I, I could be... Yeah, I, I'm not sure. I want to say it's graphite. I don't think it's bone. And, you know, there's... Those are, I guess, the bigger options. I've never replaced a nut before on a guitar. But uh, bone... I know there's a lot of people that really swear by the bone nut. Which you would think would be all the rage. The bone nut. But, uh... Graphite's, I believe, pretty high up there as well. <laughs> and uh, I think that one of my Epiphones is just like some plastic shit. <laughs> I busted that nut way too easy. Uh, but, uh, yeah. Got some nut sauce. I should get it on Wednesday. So hopefully my tuning problems will disappear on Wednesday as I really lube up my nut. Load on my nut. <laughs> Uh, I feel like there was something I was, I somewhere in there talking about the nut and everything that I was going to uh, speak about, and uh, I I forgotten about it because uh, I've gone too far down, too deep inside the nut to uh, recall what the fuck else I was going to talk about. Uh, as I guess that'll happen when you got nut sauce on the brain. You get that nut sauce on the brain, and it's it's just all over, you know. It's all over. All you can think of is is nuts and sauce, and uh, <laughs> and then that's that's all the brain can handle. Uh, I know the uh, speaking back to video games, the uh, Call of Duty. I guess it's start of season four. I think on the uh, Warzone 2, I think season four is coming up. It's season three or four. I want to say it's four. But it's coming within less than two weeks now. It's like a, 10 days from now. And uh, I believe they're going to put out another resurgence map the the start of the season. I know a new one's coming, and it's going to be in Holland. I'm pretty excited for that. I uh, I haven't been to Holland. I've been to Europe what, six times or whatever the fuck it's been. Uh, Howland is not a place to have been. It's not real high up on my list, to be honest. Although I would, um, if I went, I would go visit the Anne Frank house. Um, as of lately, too, I've been watching a lot more shit on uh, the Holocaust and everything on YouTube. But, I mean, it would be very 
I think it would be an important trip, though. If if I were to go to Holland, it, again, it's not real high up on the list, but it would be good to go see the Anne Frank house to see. I am curious because, you know, I've in school, I read the uh, diary of Anne Frank or well, we didn't actually read the diary. I guess it was the play of the diary of Anne Frank. I think is what we did in school. Um, and of course I watched all kinds of stuff about, uh, Anne Frank. And, uh, <clears throat> I would be interesting just to see, the uh, the secret room they lived in in the in the annex there, and uh, I mean I'm just I'm still very fascinated in the history of World War II, so it's just uh, <sighs> something I'd have to do if I was in Holland. And I did see. Speaking of the Holocaust, there was a very interesting story that um, I got a YouTube video on, and it was about a uh, Polish ballerina. Um, named, uh, shit. As, uh, yeah, I figured I was going to spell that wrong. Francesca Mann. She was, uh, <clears throat> she, uh, she was known as the uh, ballerina of Auschwitz. Um, this is what Wikipedia has to say about her. Which, uh, okay, it's not too terribly long, but, uh, on here, I I've, maybe I could break it down uh, better by just giving a. Anyway, she was a Francesca Mannheimer Rosenberg, um, better known as Francesca Mann. She was a Polish ballerina who, according to some accounts, killed a Nazi guard Joseph Schillinger while a prisoner at Auschwitz concentration camp and wounded at least one other, Wilhelm Emmerich. Her actions are said to have sparked an uprising among fellow female Jewish prisoners before she herself was killed. In the most popular but unverified version of the event, Mann is said to have performed a strip tease for the Nazis at the camp and once down to naught but high heels, took one of her shoes and stabbed Walter Quackernock in the face with the heel, causing him to drop his firearm. She then used it to shoot Schillinger and Emmerich, Schillinger died from his wounds several hours later while Emmerich was left with a permanent limp. Yeah, fuck those dudes. Um, of course, it goes on to her life. Francesca Mann, she was a dancer residing in Warsaw before the Second World War. She studied dance in the school of Irina Prusica. Her friends at the time included Vera uh, Gran and Stefania Grodzinieska. I am probably mispronouncing these horribly. Um, but, uh, those names are not familiar to me, but in 39, she was placed fourth during the international dance competition in Brussels among 125 other young ballet dancers. She was considered one of the most beautiful and promising dancers of her generation in Poland, both in the classical and modern repertoire. And then, uh, at the beginning of the second world war, she was a performer at the melody Palace nightclub in Warsaw. She was a prisoner in the Warsaw ghetto. Several publications. She is mentioned as a German collaborator. Her name is associated with the Hotel Polsky affair, um, which I didn't hear about this part. She was a German collaborator. Uh, I'll have to read more into that. Fuck. Um, which I didn't get the impression she was a German collaborator from like the video I watched. Uh, 
but yeah, there's, there's, I mean, it continues on, but yeah, she went to Auschwitz and as they were about to murder, I believe she was going to the showers and she had to strip down to fucking get murdered. And, uh, I mean, it sounds like from the story, you know, that I don't know that there's any way to, I mean, there's no way to fucking verify some of the accounts in this shit as to what exactly happened. Um, as like a lot of these people were murdered that were, uh, witness to it. And, uh, <clears throat> anywho, uh, I don't know that story really uh, just very vivid. Like imagine her just after being in the Warsaw ghetto and then transferred to Auschwitz. I mean, you got to look, she's got to be emaciated. And even though she was very beautiful, like it's, I mean, she would probably retain some of that, but I think, you know, part of the reason why some of these monsters that worked concentration camps and everything had an easier time killing these people because they, when you're so malnourished that, I mean, all you see is bones and shit. I mean, they don't look like fucking people anymore. It's fucking, it's just terrible, you know? And, uh, just imagining like her seducing, you know, these guards and stuff while they're about to fucking kill her and everything. And it's it sounds like something at the end of a Tarantino film. It sounds like something that should have been in like inglorious bastards somewhere, you know? And then, uh, fucking stabbing the guy in the head with a fucking heel is, uh, uh, pretty fucking great though. That fucking go out. That's, that's the way to fucking go out, man. If I was, I would hope if I knew my death was imminent inside, if I was getting about to be exterminated, that uh, I would put up some kind of fight like that, you know, and at least take out one or two of the fucking guards with me. Because a lot of them never actually saw any kind of trouble over the uh, the Holocaust. The Of the guards that worked at Auschwitz, there was... I don't remember the exact numbers, but I think there was somewhere around 3,000-something guards that worked at Auschwitz through the course of its, what was it, five-year span or whatever the hell. I don't remember when Auschwitz started. Of course, it ended in 45 with the end of World War II, but uh, I think only like maybe a couple hundred ever saw a courtroom now, uh, you know, I don't, would imagine not every guard was indiscriminately killing people and stuff, from what I understand. Some of them just, you know, I mean, there was accountants, there was people that did, like, menial jobs there. But still, I mean, I would imagine a lot of them did some horrible shit. The I would say probably the majority of them did some pretty horrible shit. As, uh, there was a great documentary about Auschwitz on the BBC, and I think I talked about it years ago on the podcast, but there was like a, I want to say a six or eight part series that the BBC did on Auschwitz that uh, <clears throat> was really good. Um, as, let's see here, Auschwitz documentary, I'm looking up here. It is Auschwitz, the Nazis, and the Final Solution, which came out in 2005. Um, really good stuff in that if uh, you're interested in the history of that um, I want to see here it is six episodes okay they're all about 48 they're all 48 minutes a piece 
but it's a very well-made documentary and it gets some very interesting stuff that I never heard about Auschwitz like go or go that in depth into it like in like there was just I mean it was like a small town basically there was so many people that there I mean basically city I don't know how many Jews were there at one time but I mean you're talking about thousands upon thousands of people living in this fucking camp and you had you know more there was Auschwitz and there Auschwitz Birkenau and everything there's uh it gets into uh I mean there was forced prostitution there was all kinds of horrible shit going on there and it talks about you know the corruption of the fucking guards there and just the insanity that uh I don't know how anybody could have gone through that on either side and just you know gone on to live a normal life afterwards Whereas if, you know, you're one of the inmates, I mean, you're just going to probably be not trust anybody ever again. And it's probably going to be difficult to find happiness in anything. And then on the other end, if you're one of the guards doing this horrible monstrous shit, how do you then go, you know, oh, I'm just going to work a normal job now and (laughs) not fucking murder people when I just get an inkling to do so or... You know, treat people like complete garbage, in inhuman garbage. Uh, that's, <clears throat> and yet, uh, you know, I guess life finds a way. Very uh, interesting stuff, though. Is not a great way to end the podcast <laughs> down the dark hole. It's just it just got in my head from thinking about, of course, going from Anne Frank thinking about Holland, and <laughs> what did I think of it from a video game? Damn it, because they're gonna. <laughs> Now I'm thinking. Now I'm wondering: Are they going to put the Anne Frank house in the map, the Holland map? I would, I would hope not. Uh, I figure somebody's going to sneak it in there, though, or you know, somebody. They'll have it in there, but it won't actually be marked. But somebody's going to know that, and then like the, there's going to. I remember when the World War II Call of Duty came out. And you, they had it to where you could make your own emblems. And it, almost immediately, there was thousands upon thousands of swastikas as emblems made. <laughs> I think it was the World War II one was where that really started. It might have been before that. I know, as soon as Call of Duty made it to where you could make your own emblems and stuff, and people were like, swastikas, which is like, thanks, this is great. It's so So great how fucking racism and anti-Semitism and all that's really made a comeback on a lot. Thanks in part to video games as, uh, not the video games themselves really, but the people playing the video games really seem to love to be racist and whatnot. It's, uh, it's why I end up when I play video games a lot. I only do the audio from like friends, which it's cool. Sometimes, you know, if the people are cool, I want to talk to them or whatever. Like in Call of Duty, I'm playing Warzone or whatever. And I don't have any of my team, my normal my normal buds that I play with. Uh, I'll, you know, jump on and do some randos. And I don't all turn on my mic automatically, but, you know, I'll, I'll listen in to see if, you know, they're worth talking to or not. A lot of times I just don't feel like talking to people and just want to play a video game. But, uh, <clears throat> you know, if they're fucking scumbags... Like, I don't want to partake in uh, all of that. Uh, 
nonsense. Although a lot of it's just the troll culture too. People just purposely say shit to, you know, piss people off. So I'll, uh, it's an interesting, interesting thing. But, uh, I guess I should have seen this coming, like, uh, as a young adult, that the the racism and stuff was really, I mean, I guess I did see it, but, like, uh, in culture of, like, the video games and, like, the early chat groups, like Yahoo chat and stuff, there was a lot of uh, toxicity in there. And, uh, you know, it's had its... Re- it, then it seemed like far away from like the real world because it would just seem like, oh, this is just people are just a dick online. And then uh, as I guess generations grew up with not knowing the difference between the real world and online, because, you know, in my generation now that I'm an old fuck, you know, I remember a time before the Internet <laughs> and that uh, early days of the Internet. Well, everything was also anonymous. When you'd go on in these like, like Yahoo chats, you'd make up a username and nobody knew who the fuck you were. And so you could be a dick and troll people and it was just, it was for the lulls, you know? It was uh, it was all good in the hood. It was just the, you know, being a dick just to get a rise out of people. And then uh, nowadays, though, it, the, the anonymous part's gone. <laughs> and then people, the dickness is like... Uh, that is just who they are and uh it's a weird it's weird turn of events i guess i don't know i don't know what to think <clears throat> but uh there was i mean i trolled people early days on the internet i didn't do racist shit though just was a dick to people <clears throat> as uh i remember it being fun to fuck with people trolling them on the yahoo chat because they would take things so seriously <laughs> It would be like a, the chat group, you go into some chat groups about like Batman or something, like uh, Trebejo and I used to go in there, uh, and uh, <laughs> we would, <laughs> people would go in there and go pow, like and when you, the, you pissed them off, they would make the sound effects like they hit you and stuff, and it was just so funny, and they were being very serious, like, well, I'll show you. <laughs> And people really took it serious. We didn't take it seriously was the, you know, the thing. And that was, uh, you know, maybe we were, uh, we were dicks. <laughs> I'll own up to it. I was a fucking dick. We, we in early, uh, I remember, uh, my first apartment too, like, uh, having, uh, <clears throat> when it first got a webcam and like, uh, going into those chat groups and pulling up the webcam feed. And then we would make up these horrible songs. There was one called like uh, our buddy uh, John came out too. We did uh, one called like Bloody Vagina. And it just the the lyrics just got worse and worse as you, one could imagine with a song called Bloody Vagina. And they were just horrible songs, and there was nothing melodic about it. There was, <laughs> and then half the time I was purposely not really playing a chord, just making just horrible sounds with the guitar. That uh, and then. Uh, <laughs> I don't think we ever had any like positive feedback. <laughs> now, like thinking back, like why the fuck would I have done this? Now I'm like, man, I could have been doing. We could have had some fun with some shit and not been dicks. But you know, I guess that's being young. I don't know. Again, though, we weren't like 
fucking doing all the racist shit and like you know telling people that you know Jew bastard die or anything. Pretty sure we didn't. Pretty pretty confident. Ah, <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, uh, can't wait for that nut sauce. That's that's the thing I'm looking forward to. And playing Evil Dead, as I want some sugar. Give me some sugar, baby. That's some good stuff. And of course, I'll I'll probably play some Call of Duty later tonight after I I play my guitar, even though you know it's got some tuning issues and whatnot. Damn you! I need the nut sauce. That nut sauce better fix the problem. Better fix the problem. I don't want to go down that rabbit hole of being annoyed. Either being annoyed by the fact that it takes me you know a half an hour to tune the damn thing to keep it to where it'll stay in tune, or or spend a bunch of money and time and effort in trying to replace bridges. And then I mean, there's other things you can do. There's, uh, for less polish, you can get like string 3d printed, like string tree thing. There's one that's like, looks like a skull. I don't want to do a modified thing. And it looks, I think it looks like shit throwing it on there. There's different string trees you can get for like a less Paul that, cause it's the angle of the string when it, meets the headstock, the string break or whatever that, that causes a lot of the issues with the, uh, tuning of like the G and the B. That's why like, uh, fenders, uh, like your Stratocasters and whatnot, uh, tend to not have that problem. They have the, uh, better angle on the, the headstock and they have string trees on their uh, headstocks that uh, keep the uh, strings from uh, going all funky on you. And uh, yeah, hopefully that hopefully that solves it. I don't want to have to go through. A, I don't want to get rid of the guitar. I love the guitar. It's fun to fucking play. It just won't. <laughs> it's a bitch to get it in tune to where it'll stay in tune. It, sometimes it, it can take to like fucking 15 minutes or so before I can really get it where it's like okay that's good we're good now <laughs> and I don't I don't want to go through that you know every time I, I want to play the guitar which I played every day that's that's a lot of time every day a lot of time uh, but I guess that's about all I've got as oh hey it's shit it's June now it's fucking pride month uh, yeah it's fucking a um as uh, my buddy Frank uh, post that I run with uh, post on Facebook uh, and Instagram, which he, he did steal this from somebody else, but he's like, I, I uh, wish every every homophobe a very uncomfortable month. <laughs> so happy uh, Pride Month! Is it man? It you know it really sucks that uh, all these places are trying to outlaw drag shows and stuff, and I've yet to actually go to a drag show. That's that's sad. Although I've been to JJ's twice and seen that great toilet with the the face of a guy in the toilet. Uh, it's fucking pretty great. Pretty epic. Um, which I, I need to go to a drag show still. Needs needs to happen. I don't need him to read me a story. But, uh, you know, maybe they will. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, happy Pride Month. And uh, as always, that is a kid in a wheelchair, not a trash can. 